I'm a big proponent of, of paradigms, the study of paradigms. I was blessed a long time ago to read a book and watch a video by Dr. Joel Barker about paradigms and we're, how it relates to business. And many, many times your paradigms don't let you see outside of what you already know. But then people come in and they can see something that you can't see and they can help you. And then you say, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools, helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to speak with entrepreneurial business leaders, influencers, really hearing their stories of both challenges and successes as they've grown and scaled their business. Today's guest and really interview is going to be a little bit differently here. I've got uh, David Boffman here with Fractional Executive Solutions. So without giving too much of David's story away here, he actually was uh, working more on the, the company side, working inside of companies for a lot of years and has made his recent switch over to starting his own entrepreneurial vision. So David, first off, uh, welcome to the show and thank you for taking a little bit of your day out here with us. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here and pleasure to speak with you. Uh, so take us a little bit more on this this journey here that we, we were actually talking about a little bit before we got on. But so you've had a uh, number of different companies, number of different roles here as basically COO type uh, work here for a long time. I have, Jeff. So I've spent tw- I'm, I've spent 20 years as a general manager, vice president and chief operating officer for both public and private companies in various markets, whether it's automotive or aerospace or oil and gas. Um, and I spent my career as an expert in turnarounds, whether it's a financial operational turnaround from distress to, to a company with rapid growth approaching that really what worked for when you're small doesn't work when you get larger. So that's a turnaround as well. And I decided last year to really take that experience and the pleasure of doing that and go out my own and help other companies, smaller companies that maybe couldn't afford a person of my, my talent and experience and a smaller scale, fractional, if you will. Yeah, that's, I had to say, I did work as, as fractional CTO for, for many years kind of a thing before that term was really even a, a thing. So it seems like that that fractional term is, is showing up a lot more here in past few years kind of a thing. What's what's your take on the whole fractional side and how that works, especially with a, a smaller company? What is What does fractional mean to you? So typically a fractional role would be maybe a one or two day a week uh, opportunity. It depends really what they're looking for. So some of my clients have looked at coaching opportunities to help them learn what they don't know or help them understand what, where they're going to go down this, this exciting cliff of going up. And others are looking for somebody to come in and actually run the operation and, and be totally accountable for the operation. But honestly, because they're so small that they can't afford somebody high powered, but they need that, they need that leadership and they need that strategy, which can be done in one or two days a week um, through proper process setting up of delegation, teaching, and then, you know, the virtual world has made this a little bit easier for both sides to do fractional work. No, that makes sense. So yeah, your, your comment about delegation, that's, 
that, that was always one of the issues I struggled with the most as, as being a leader of, of trying to hand off stuff. But that's really, to me, one of the biggest keys to say, OK, this is how you're going to be able to scale and grow is once you can start delegating, because most of the time you've got the CEO or the owner, whatever, they're honestly strangling the business themselves, trying to sit there and do everything themselves. But to your point, it's a it's a there's a financial aspect to it. So we can't afford early days to go hire a full time CFO, a full time CTO, a full time VP of sales. So the the fractional part, like you said, gives them the ability to bring that in on a piecemeal basis, on a part time basis, and get that that resource for less money. So, what what aspect of the fractional leadership are, are you targeting? Is you, are you primarily looking at the the operations side then? So I'm a career operations person. So my goal is to 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 have a couple of clients myself. But the overarching goal of FES is to take. And, and find roles for fractional operations, supply chain, human resources, um, project management. I even ha- had one person ask me about fractional health and safety support, which I quite frankly had not considered it, but it's there. So, so our goal is to place people out there, place good people with good clients in a fractional role across the many, many portfolios. And then also take these people that I've got my network, that I've got partners on my, on my website, where we work as tiger teams. So there might be a company that could use a fractional operations person one day a week, but also could use some supply chain help. And I'm not a supply chain expert by any means, but I've got a partner to do that for me. So it's kind of like a, you get a team at a fraction of the cost, but you get the know-how and the experience um, right away. And I think that's really the key because you're basically bringing in, in your case, 20 plus years of experience there in the operational side for the cost of somebody entry level full time kind of a thing that doesn't have that expertise or that experience background. It, exactly. So, you know, when we sit down and we talk to clients and we, we, we scope out what they want, and what, their, what their goals are, where they want to get. Um, and then we talk about the time frame to do that and the process to do that. And then we start comparing the process, do you want to hire somebody for $120,000 a year that's going to do it themselves and you're really not going to expand your knowledge base of your team? Or do you want somebody to come in for less than that that's going to help implement and install tools, process procedures, and then teach folks to be able to take it over? Ideally, um, my team and I, we work ourselves out of a role after a year because we've taught people to come in and, and take over. So what's exciting to me is, is working with people within these companies that at some point can become the COO, if you will, because they've learned and, you know, they've made some mistakes, but we make them together and then we learn and then they can stand on their feet. No, it makes a lot of sense there. So take back to your journey here for a second. What, what made you make the, want to make the shift or make the shift there from being employed as, as part of a bigger organization and now saying, Hey, I'm going to jump out and do my own kind of thing here, my own company. Cause I know there's, there's a lot of people out there from the entrepreneurial side that say, "Hey, I, I want to go th- start, but not sure how. Not sure what I'm not sure what I'm stepping into here." So, so it's funny, Jeff. I spent the better part of 20 years saying, "This is fantastic. I love being a PL leader. I love being, you know, that responsibility." But it was always comforting to have a paycheck, you know, coming from a company every other week or whatever, every month. You, you knew a lot was there. And when I took the role at Wellflex Energy Solutions three years ago, I told my wife because we've relocated around the country many times. So we moved to Fort Worth and I said, this is the last place we're going to live. And this is the last place we're going to be because, you know, Fort Worth is fantastic. 
Um, and I said, however this goes, when it's over, it's over, thinking that I could get to a point where I could become a lean consultant like I thought about doing for many years because I love lean manufacturing. Well, then last year, you know, Wellflex Oil and Gas Company, we all know what happened with oil and gas, COVID, and 2020 as an overarching theme. I decided through the years that what am I going to do? And I said, I'm going to stick to my promise of being this be the last company I work for. And I thought, why not me to become an entrepreneur? Why, why can't I do it? Why can't I jump in the deep end of the pool? Worst comes to worse, I do it, I try it, and it doesn't work out. But I can go to bed at night and say, at least I tried. And so, you know, in September, I said, let's do this. And the wife said, let's do this. And away we went. And it's been, I, I can't tell you how much fun it is to do what I'm doing right now. And I didn't think I would have this much fun doing it because I've met so many great people along the way. I've met so many people that I probably wouldn't have normally run into in my old life. And I'm getting to help co companies do what I did before, teaching, mentoring, coaching, but I'm doing it with smaller companies. And I can see the, it's like planting a garden. I'm helping these small companies plant gardens and you know, the seeds are coming up and it's exciting. And, and that's what I like about doing what I'm doing. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It parallels my story in a lot of ways, kind of a thing that I, I again, took that step out of corporate America there, just say, okay, I, I want to do something differently and why not kind of a thing, but still the, the idea of being able to help those smaller companies sit there and grow type thing that that's, I, I've never been one for selling. I've never been one to say, Hey, I'm going to go grab, sell another widget, sell another piece of software. It's like, I, I want to actually give back. I want to actually help kind of a thing. So it's, it's cool to hear that kind of a story. So it, what, what, go ahead. It is, you know, I like yourself, I never had to network and I never had to sell. People did that. My job was to get things done. And now I'm having to sell something really important myself and my brand and, you know, the logo behind me. And um, I, it's been a journey to learn how to do that, but it's not as, it's not as scary as I thought it would be. Um, actually, it, it, it can be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a definite different mindset because like you said, going from the, the biweekly paychecks kind of a thing there, you don't really have to sell yourself necessarily in, inside of a company like that. And it's just a completely different thing because I see a lot of entrepreneurs do that, that they're an expert in technology, they're an expert in medical, whatever. And they didn't even necessarily, for that matter, go into it and say, hey, I'm going to go build a business. They, they went into it saying, hey, I've got a new idea or hey, I've got an issue that I'm trying to solve kind of a thing. And now all of a sudden they're faced with the realities of, hey, this has got to be more than just technology or more than just medical. I've actually got to deal with people. I've got to deal with sales. I've got to deal with networking, things like that. So it's seeing that firsthand there for you sitting there as, as you're, you're stepping into this and saying, hey, this is more than just operations. I've actually got to run a business now. It, it is. And, um, you know, this I'm wrapping up the, fir the first four months and now I'm finding myself talking to folks who are doing the same thing, going down that fractional role and I'm giving them the benefit of knowledge of after only four months. But um, I had some great folks along the way help me out with some advice. And um, it's all solid advice. And I'm even passing that along to fellow fractionals so they, so they can learn. Well, it's, it's a good market to have. Like I said, I'm seeing a lot more of it now. But it really, from that help kind of mindset, it just fits best with this still in small kind of businesses, small mid-sized businesses that simply don't have the resources and don't honestly don't have the need. Cause that's the thing I've looked at a lot of times is that especially with, with smaller startups kind of a thing, it's like, you don't need to go invest in huge roles or huge infrastructure, whatever. 
focus on your product, focus on your market, but at the same time, looking at the tools and resources you need to build and scale and having that kind of fractional resource, the coach next to them, the, the consultant next to them that can say, hey, here, here's some experience that I've been through, kind of a thing here. Don't make these mistakes and pay for them, et cetera, for a long time. Exactly. So that's why I've told some folks is that, you know, I've been in operations for a long time um, and I made some really good mistakes. Really, I've, I've, had, I've had some mistakes that have happened that I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? And so you've got that benefit where, you know, I tell folks, I, I can help save you money because I can tell you how I've screwed up and we all make mistakes and, uh, and certain, certain things that they can't see that I can probably see because I've, I've done it before. And the fact that I think I've been in public and private, small and large is also helpful. So I can understand and I, and I can relate to folks with those smaller companies that don't have the resources to do quite a bit of stuff, but there are ways to do things, you know, versus the big company way that we can still get things done. And uh, I think there's a, there's a, there's a need for that. And I think business owners are hungry to have that knowledge and to learn from that without spending a lot of money on, on high powered people that they really can't afford. Yep. So I noticed actually looking through your website, you made a comment on there about being the person on the outside or the resource on the outside and how that gives you a, a different perspective. What, what have you run into story? I'm assuming you probably got some stories about that one already. I, I can, I can tell you that. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of paradigms, the study of paradigms. Um, I, I was blessed a long time ago to read a book and watch a video by Dr. Joel Barker about paradigms and we're, how it relates to business. And many, many times your paradigms don't let you see outside of what you already know, but then people come in and they can see something that you can't see and they can help you. And then you say, oh my gosh, how'd I miss that? Um, and so I go, to, I go to companies, whether I was working before as an operational executive, I would move every two or three years to a new location and I'm coming in and I'm looking like this really smart person because I'm saying, have you considered A, B or C? Reality is when you're in the moment, you just don't see that. And I can see that. So that's why when I go to these smaller companies, I have a client right now, actually, that um, we're, we're putting in a new ERP system. And if you've ever done that before, going in with an ERP system, it's not the most enjoyable um, process you're going to go through. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to take the time to learn it. Nobody wants to take the time to, to, to get involved with it. And worst of all, nobody wants to take the time to keep to keep the provider on message, right? So it's always late. So I sat in with, uh, with my client on a couple of calls with their, their chosen ERP provider. And I asked probably 95% of the questions. And my response to the provider was, well, I've kind of done this before a little bit with big guys and little guys. So this is the Roblox I've seen. If you, you know, let's talk about that. When the calls are over, my, my client said, I never would have asked those questions. Thank you for being here. And that's part of what you can't see from the inside while you're standing outside. Yeah. And it, it goes back to the experience. It's To me, it's a combination of the experience factor, but it's also when you're so head down focused in it, you've almost got blinders at that point of this is the path that we've always gone. There's a, a quote, I think it's like a Rear Admiral Grace Harper or something about this is worst, worst phrase in the English language is we've always done it this way. And too many times you're just stuck in that, that this is the way we're doing things and you never see any option or any alternative outside of that. Absolutely. So because of my lean background, we learn a lot of tools to get to root cause, right? And the worst, I've, I've seen so many businesses in, in, in many markets do hip shots. 
So they'll solve problems the fastest, easiest way to get, get it off your desk. That's what we're going to do. And then when it comes back three days later, they're shocked that it happened again. And then they just give up because, well, we just can't fix this problem. And so my, my favorite thing to do is ask questions. I ask a lot of questions. I've been described by former um, employees like an alligator with a zebra belly. I don't stop until I'm full, until I get all the answers. But I'm asking questions where I already know the answer. But I'm asking questions to get people to start thinking a little bit differently, to get people looking in the air going, oh, I, I didn't consider that. Oh, okay. Promote that conversation. And a lot of times I've got to get, whether it's a client or my employees, I have to have them come to the conclusions themselves and come to the opportunity to, to change to themselves. My role is to facilitate that. Because if I dictate yeah. it, it's just not going to work. Yeah, especially you, you think of somebody coming in outside, they're going to come in from the outside and tell us how to, do, how to do our business, how to run our business. That's the, the traditional mentality of the, of the consultant kind of a thing there. So it's, it's the question based is one that I've always enjoyed, even just from a coaching perspective is like, okay, ask questions, almost get them to come to the, the answers or get them to start thinking about things outside the box like that is typically the, honestly, the most helpful. Cause like you said, it's, it's training more than anything. It's, it's not just telling them how to do something. It's getting them to start thinking about it and come to some of those realizations themselves. Yeah, if we, if we do our job right for what you and I do for a living, um, we're going to make ourselves obsolete over time because we're going to teach, we're going to coach, and they're going to learn, and they're going to pick it up, and they're going to start to do things that they never thought they could do before, and they, and they see the results, and then just builds upon that. You know, we're talking about outsiders coming in. Um, I was fortunate to work for a public company for, for many years with multiple markets. They had aerospace, they had automotive, and they had distribution. So when I went from automotive to aerospace, the first thing the team told me was, you're a car guy. That's not, doesn't apply here in aerospace. I said, okay. And then started learning that. And then I went to oil and gas. They're going, this is not airplane stuff. This is oil and gas. You just don't understand. I was like, okay. And then you go into power gen. So it's just always, no matter where you go, when you go inside, they're going to say, you just don't understand. And my response is, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about that. And I start asking a thousand questions. And then we realize that maybe making cookies and airplanes is the same thing. It's all about a process. And then when you learn that, you know, it gets a little easier. And that's what I try to bring to these clients from a fractional basis is let's break it down to what's, what's the process of doing whatever it is that you do. And let's get really good at it. And let's make it a fixed, sustainable, repeatable result. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times I will have the same thing that a client asks me, hey, do you have experience in my industry? Have you worked with my industry or my company before? And in some respects, again, my background is technology. I actually have more trouble working with the technology firms because I feel like I'm getting dragged down into the weeds that I know this and I'm just going to go be another one of them versus the ones that I don't have any experience with are actually the better engagements many times because I feel like, okay, I can ask the stupid question because they know mm -hmm. up ahead of time. I don't have any experience in manufacturing kind of a thing here. I'm going to sit there and ask you, why are you doing things this way? Maybe you got a perfectly good explanation and that's fine. Great. You know your process, but it also causes you to stop and think, okay, maybe there is a different way. Maybe there is something different. So having that outside voice, but even still the outside voice that doesn't necessarily hasn't walked line in line with you right there and in your mm -hmm. shoes kind of a thing actually can be even more beneficial, at least I find, or at least I, I feel like in a lot of ways in dealing with, with clients. 
Yeah. And that's the crux of what I drive at when I talk to clients and put it on the website is that we, we can see things that you may not be able to see. And we have some experience strategically that we could help you with to, to be able to get, to get to the next step. So, you know, if you're looking, if, if a company is looking for a tactical person, we're probably not the right fit, but if they're looking for somebody to come in strategically and help them develop a plan understand the, the opportunity to, to execute the plan, show you the way, and then hand you the keys and let you go off on your own, that's a better fit. Um, a lot of times clients are, client, I'll be honest with you, the COVID crisis is probably added to the fractional market tenfold because companies don't have the budget and they're seeing a lot of things they've never seen before. And they're seeing things strategically that maybe this is a little bit more difficult than the past. And an outside voice can help at times with that strategy to deal with what we're currently in right now. Yeah, because at least at the time doing this recording, we're we're closing in on a year of this now kind of a thing here that this actually started back in March. So to me, it's really starting to show up and kind of sink in that, okay, e- even back third quarter of last year, people started realizing, hey, this is not going to be a one month, two month kind of something. This is Mm-mm. this is longer term. And I'm really interested, honestly, to see what this looks like long, really long term of even a year kind of a thing in terms of, okay, how has this changed the way businesses are run, the way business is done? The the obvious easy one is just the, the remote workforce now that so many people, especially larger companies said, hey, we're not going to do that. It doesn't work. And now that they're kind of forced to try it, all of a sudden they're figuring out, hey, this actually does work or is possible. And to your point, like you said, with fractional being remote, it's it opens up a lot more possibilities there that all of a sudden you don't have to have everybody in the office. It actually does work just as well to have somebody outside the office and can make some of those changes, bring some of that stuff to us that we don't have to bring you into our office a day a week or two weeks, whatever kind of a thing. You can very easily come in from the outside that way. I agree. The the remote work the remote workforce is definitely um changing the way we look at it. Um, what it's driving home to me though, and I'm a process guy, so I have to apologize, but <laughs> you have to have a process of how to manage folks remotely and how to work remotely too. Um, otherwise, you're going to find people drifting away because they're not there. And also socially, I can see the social breakdown of some folks because they're not at the water cooler. We're not talking about the, the, the event of the day, or the item of the day. So as a leader, you have to promote that continued dialogue remotely. And you can do that. You can use whiteboards with remote. There's a lot of, I've, I've been doing lean training remotely where it, lean training to me, a lot of it's hands-on because you're doing activities, but you can do it, but it's all about process. And that's what we've talked about with clients is you have to have a process if you're going to do this remotely. But having said that, it's absolutely possibly to do remote work just like it was when you were alive. Yeah, but no, it's the process is key kind of a thing, because even still of doing uh, daily huddles, daily standups kind of a thing, get everybody on video these days, everybody's pretty much used to, we, we still struggle a little bit with technology, but pretty much everybody's used to it at this point kind of a thing. So even still getting that bit of face to face time right there of, hey, just start your day off with the team, get everybody on there, talk for 10, 15 minutes about what's going on. Again, just building that connection back together there to go forward in the rest of the day. Cause like you said, you do, do miss the water cooler. Like I said, I'm, I'm out of the technology field. So a lot of times the, 
the programmers are loving this that they're used to mm -hmm. wanting to hide in their dark caves anyways but the rest <laughs> of us are, are like i said used to water cooler just used to meetings etc meeting people and it's been it's been a challenge for a lot of people there but i think like you said it's it's very very doable for sure if you have the process if you if you've got the intentionality about it it is um i'll give you an example so being in manufacturing it's hard to do welding from home, right? So you have to have people in the shop and you have minimal supervision to do that. In the lean world, we have what's called a gembo op, which means go to the source. So you have, we have our boards in the shop. You go to the boards and you talk about it every day. Well, how do you do that when you're working remote? So um, we developed a process where I'm sure people younger than me have done this, but we did a virtual gembo walk where we had literally an individual walk around with his tablet like this and taking the boards, I could see the boards and I'm on mic and we can talk about it. So we're having a virtual gimbal walk. I'm thinking that's fantastic. The, the walk is faster because it's more focused, but we, we, we overcame a problem. Somebody said, well, we can't do gimbal walks because we're not here. And a youngster said, oh, yes, we can. Let me show you how to do it. I'm thinking, this is great. This is fantastic. One, somebody who's not a leader took charge and provided leadership and then brought the virtual world to all of us. Um, and that's what I'm teaching with a couple of clients. Now we're doing a virtual gimbal walk right now with one client. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause that's, and that's, to me, that's the biggest thing that if we'd gone through this five years ago with the technology, I'm not sure how it would have looked. We probably would have come up with solutions no matter what, but still the technology that we've got available today has just made this infinitely easier in my perspective there. Agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. So tell me a little bit, um, and we're kind of kind of starting to wrap up. We're running out, running out of time here. But from your perspective, sitting on the outside with this, why do you feel or why do you see that leaders typically struggle when changes like this are, are necessary? Either obviously this time a year ago, there was a lot of force changes, but still when, when changes are necessary in the business, why, why do leaders that you're working with from an outside perspective struggle with that, that kind of change? Whatever. That's a great question. And change is hard and change is scary. And change could bring the unknown, which many leaders just don't want to go down that road. Change means also that your team members are going to have to modify either their behaviors or maybe change exposes undesired results from some team members and the, and the leader doesn't want to deal with that. Um, maybe the leaders had the same people for multiple years and doesn't want to face the potential that something has to be different. And so they just try to muddle through. Um, you know, change, change is a scary thing. And I think so many leaders are paralyzed by it. I'll tell you a story about how to convince people to change though. And this is, I learned this a long time ago from one of my lean senseis. And we were doing an event with some folks and we had some tool makers, you know, grizzled old veteran. He was there in the corner and he says, Dave, I don't like change. I don't, I don't want to do this. And I said, why not? He goes, I just don't like change. I eat the same thing every day for lunch. I bought the same model truck for 20 years. I, I wear black every day. He goes, I don't like to change. I said, okay, if I can prove to you that you embrace change every day, truly embrace change, we would at least try to work with us. He thought about it and he said, you're not going to be able to do that. I said, oh, I will. I will prove to you that you embrace change every day. And if I do that, Will you come with me? He says, I will do that. I promise. It's okay. You ready? I said, do you change your underwear every day? And he looked at me just wide eyed. You know, the people in the side were going, no, can't you smell them? Yada, yada, yada. But then he said, you know what? 
I'll try it. And he was one of my best guys in the shop to lead change. Yeah. It's just scary because it's unknown and they don't realize the change could be good. You have to explain the change to the owner or the CEO, what's going to impact them. You have to be upfront as a fractional. It's my, my job to say, look, we're going to probably have some uncomfortable conversations because as an outsider, I'm kind of giving you my vision. So as an outsider, you don't have to listen to me if you don't want to, because it's your business. But if you want to look inward to your soul and to your company's culture and where you want to get there, you may have to adjust it a little bit. And if you need to adjust it, I'm here to help. Yeah, that's and that's to me one of the the big things that where people are afraid of outside coaching, outside consulting, et cetera, is that wait a minute, they're gonna they're gonna want us to change. We we kind of even though we don't like the way things are going, we don't like the way that, that we're on right now. We don't want somebody else coming in and rocking the boat too much. It's a, a nice, easy fix, yes, but but don't make it too painful. Kind of a thing here that we, we like where we are, even though we really don't. So it's 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 always one of those fine lines to walk right there. It, it is, and then our job is what you and I do for a living is provide that safety net and say, look, it's going to be okay, and 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 we're going to learn whatever mistakes we make when we're going to make them. We'll learn from it together, and we'll we'll get a better outcome together. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So I always like uh, circling back, kind of wrapping up, and this may be a little bit different for you. I'll see where we go with this. But if you were to look at and say, what's your best tip or strategy that you might have known earlier in your journey, either obviously starting up a new company relatively new here or in things you've seen with other companies that you've worked with, what's, what's kind of your best tip or strategy there in terms of really growing and building a business from that perspective? I would say if, if somebody is thinking about doing this, and, and, and or it's even some, even if somebody says, I'm going to do this 10 years from today, I wish I had started 10 years ago doing this. And that's the connections and the networking and the learning about things outside my comfort zone. So I had a, I thought I had a nice network of in LinkedIn, but it wasn't because it was all narrowed into where I've been, but I didn't have a network of people outside of my comfort zone to help because what I do for a living, a lot of it's referrals. And so Start connecting with people now because the worst thing they can do is tell you no or refuse your connection request, but you can't get a connection unless you ask. And then if you ask a connection, you might find that they might have a 10-minute conversation with you and you can learn something. So as, a, as, an, as an entrepreneur, I wish I had done that earlier. Um, and I'm finding out it's not as hard as I thought it would be. And I was, ter- I was terrified of, of that marketing and selling thing. I, I didn't know anything about it. And I wish I had learned about it earlier. Yeah, but I, but I like your comment about saying, hey, the worst they can say is no at that point. It's, it's, it doesn't hurt anything. So, yeah, and that's been been a challenge for sure because I, I think we talked about it earlier. But, yeah, it's the, the mentality of, okay, now you're having to go out and sell yourself, sell your company. Even if you're – pick whatever industry, if you're not really heading up the sales side, you still got to be able to sell your company at that point and hopefully talk, network, referral, et cetera, into who other resources that you can find to help build because most of the time – it'll be a, a, a rare accident to have you sit there and show up on the right person's door at the right moment, say, Hey, yeah, we really need you kind of a thing. It's like you said, it's gotta be connected to and three levels deep kind of thing. If I, I know so-and-so that might be able to help you with that. And if you, if you hadn't been reaching out or if they hadn't been reaching out, then that connection would never be built there. Exactly. And I also think that um, one of the most important things for an entrepreneur starting out is, is try really hard to pay it forward and recommend people that, you know, um, because, a recommendation that you give to somebody may lead to business for you down the line. Um, don't be afraid if somebody says just offhand says this is what I'm looking for to help them find somebody. 
And even if, if you want that role yourself, but it doesn't really fit, you know, overcome that and help them find somebody that's good for them because someday it may pay off. They might remember you and recommend you to somebody else when you're least expecting it. Yeah. And it's definitely a matter of playing the long game for sure. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you gotta look, gotta look out for, for the longer term. Cause you never know what's going to come back. It's you, you have the clients show up, wait a minute. You, we talked two or three years ago and then now I'm ready to, to do it kind of a thing now. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a matter of playing the long game. So it makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. So like I said, unfortunately wrapping up here, but um, where can people go learn more about uh, fractional, uh, you and fractional executive solutions there, if they want to go find out some more or have a conversation, LinkedIn connection there. So over my shoulder is the name of our company, fractional executive solutions. So it's fractional executive solutions.com. My name, David Boffman um, in Fort Worth, Texas on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is there. Um, We have a website, we have a LinkedIn page for fractional executive solutions. Um, And then always happy to talk about anything you want to talk about on a conversation, but the website and the LinkedIn page give you some color about what we do. Um, And there's, there's great resources out there for fractional executives as well. If you're thinking about getting into it um, it's an exciting opportunity when you're a fractional and it's, it's a great, great way to do business and help other people. So I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely have all the links right here below on the show notes and everything so they can find you real easy. But appreciate taking the time out today and hope to see lots of growth and lots of excitement here coming forward. Looks like you're doing great already with a few months in. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate you. And it's been very enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.